Well, hello again, and welcome once again to Vacation Rental Success, and this is episode number seven. And once again, I'm very pleased to be your host, Heather Bayer. Well, I met today's guest at the Home Away Summit in Phoenix in, uh, in May, and she was part of a panel presenting the benefits of using social media uh, or social networking platforms as part of the whole vacation rental marketing mix. And I was really impressed with her total grasp of social media and the way she markets her Costa Rica properties using Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, just to name a few. Now, Evelyn Gallardo is one very, very busy lady, and she's just completed her latest guidebook on Manuel Antonio and Capos, and I'm really delighted to welcome her to Vacation Rental Success. Hello, Evelyn. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Well, hello, and uh, thank you for inviting me. Well, it's an absolute delight. I met you for the first time, as I said, in Phoenix uh, at that social media workshop, and you had me totally hooked from the outset um, with your brief biography. And, uh, and I'd love it if you can share your background with, uh, with my listeners, because I think uh, they would be just as fascinated as I am as to um, what you've done with, uh, in, in your past and how you've brought that into your, to your present. Well, I uh, was working at a marketing job I hated, <laughs> and I just started uh, volunteering my vacations to work with, uh, with scientists working in the field on APE projects. I worked on the orangutan project in Borneo with Dr. Brute Galdicus. I worked with Dr. Dan Fossey on her project with the mountain gorillas in Rwanda. And really, uh, it was just a passion that I had to, I just, you know, felt compelled uh, to help endangered primates. I've always been fascinated, especially with gorillas. And uh, so it just started from it began from a passion, and it, and it evolved into a career. I became a professional photographer, an author. I wrote a book called Among the Orangutans, you know, a couple of decades ago uh, in my efforts to help these endangered species. And uh, everything uh, grew from there. I came to Costa Rica as a wildlife photographer and uh, to photograph the four kinds of monkeys. And I just immediately felt at home. I looked around and I you know, my husband was with me and we said, we should get a house here someday. You know, someday took 10 years, but uh, here we are now. We have a couple of homes and uh, uh, one of them we live in. And, and uh, oddly enough, when we first bought it, uh, we didn't know it, but uh, the owner uh, said the name of it's the monkey house. <laughs> so I'm, that's where I'm sitting now. And then we built another one at the beach, our vacation rental home. Do you know I can hear some I can hear sounds in the background and I don't know you know it sounds like bird or animal but yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> I've I've seen the pictures of the monkey house on on your website and and it looks amazing I was in Costa Rica 2 years ago and absolutely loved it it was it was just the amazing thing seeing monkeys in the wild and mm -hmm. and I'd heard uh, well people had I'd seen writing about the sound of howler monkeys, um, but hearing that is, is a noise I won't ever, ever forget. And you have that all the time. 
Oh, yes. They wake us up at about 4.30 in the morning. Now, something I was going to uh, mention, Heather, is, you know, there was a specific turning point in, in my life uh, that just changed everything for me. And that's when I was working with Dr. Diane Fossey in Rwanda at the Karasoki Research Center. You know, one day she, she would send me out with assignments, take photographs, uh, count mountain gorilla nests or different things. And that day I was counting mountain gorilla nests and I'm standing in front of this, you know, like an, an outcrop on the ground of nine mountain gorilla nests. All the gorillas had gone ahead and I'm standing in front of this nest and I'm I'm thinking, wow, I wonder what it would be like to sit in a real wild mountain gorilla nest. And I looked around, no gorillas around it, and I could not help myself. I had to do it. How many people get to do that? So I stepped into the nest, and I'm sitting there cross-legged, feeling like the queen of the world. And then this, I look down below, and there's this mountain gorilla knuckle-walking knuckle toward me and just staring me right in the eye. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I, you know, what have I done? I, I've just made the worst mistake in my life. Maybe I'm sitting in this mountain gorilla's nest. And, uh, but Diane Fossey had given me some rules. You know, you never run from a mountain gorilla, never, you know, block their path, never breathe on one. So I'm sitting there sweating bullets thinking, well, I can't run. I've got to stay here. And the gorilla knuckled walked all the way up to me and stopped right in front of me a foot and then he leaned in until his nose was an inch from my nose and he's staring at me through his thick lashes and it was you know I couldn't stare back but I would look away to let him establish his dominance so that he wouldn't feel threatened but I had to peek up every so often and what I saw was just it was a an intelligent feeling thinking, emotional, individual being that was endangered and vulnerable. I felt as if he was reaching down into my very soul to figure out if I was a friend or a foe. And then he came around to the side of my ear and he put his ear on my, I had put his um, lips on my ear and that's the loudest breathing I have ever heard in my entire life. It felt like the entire rainforest was breathing. And then his, you know, his curiosity was satisfied. He came back around in front of me, and it was very cold up at 12,000 feet, so I had a long jacket and gloves, but there was a little strip of my wrist that was exposed. And he leaned over, and he licked the sweat off of my wrist. And his tongue was as soft as a puppy's. And then he just turned around and walked off into the forest and left me there. Oh, Evelyn, that is, that is one of the most phenomenal stories I've ever heard. Yeah. That's, it was a phenomenal experience. Oh, my goodness. So you say that was a turning point. It was. It changed everything for me. I mean, the gorillas went from being sort of a vague species that was endangered. I mean, I, I cared passionately about them, but all of a sudden they were each, you know, individuals. For lack of a better word, I, to me, they were my friends, individual friends that were in trouble and they needed help. And I just ran with it. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So how many, how, how long ago was that? That was in 1985. Um, Diane had invited us to come back every year. However, she was killed that year, five months later. And that kind of, uh, you know, precipitated me taking, I, she had invited me there to update her slides for her fall, her next lecture tour. 
So she wasn't going to use them. And a friend of mine said, why don't you take those slides and come to my kids' school and talk to the kids about, you know, how endangered they are and uh, the mountain gorillas are. And so I did that, and it was just, you know, an amazing thing. The kids were just enthralled by the slides, and I was giving them all kinds of uh, ideas on how they could help, just giving them a little information on, you know, what was going on. And I just felt... I wanted to concentrate on kids because they're the next generation and I didn't have to I didn't have to convince them of anything. They just innately got it. You know, if, I've talked to adult audiences too, but you know, we tend to have our minds already made up. And uh, it's much you know, it's harder to change an adult's opinion than it is to just expose a child to the truth. So so now you are settled in Costa Rica, right? Yes. Um, so that's that's home for you, and uh, and still surrounded by monkeys. <laughs> yes, I I don't even I don't even have to take off my jammies to go out and photograph them if I want to, but more so I'm into videotaping now. Well, that's something I'm going to come on to because your um, the YouTube channel you have was absolutely fascinating, and I'm going to touch on that a bit uh, a bit later on. Just just incidentally, I I'm I'm assuming that you're a Spanish speaker now. I am. My family, I was born in California in Los Angeles, but my family is originally from Mexico. And so I grew up bilingual, which was uh, in East Los Angeles, and it, which was really has been an incredible asset. I can, uh, I can imagine that when, when we were in Costa Rica, it was, um, we, we had decided that if we ever went back, we'd actually spend a good amount of time learning some Spanish before we went. Um, I was just wondering whether we, how difficult it is a language to learn. I think it's much easier than English. You know, the vowels all sound, sound the same no matter what word you put them in. Whereas, you know, in English we have diphthongs and all these things and, you know, something can be spelled almost the same and be com uh, pronounced completely differently. So I think Spanish, there are a lot of uh, Spanish language schools here. People will come and spend a, you know, a week or a month or however long they want to learn the language. Oh, in interesting, interesting. But we're definitely, when we come back, we will have some Spanish. Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, about your properties? I've I've been to the uh, the website um, discoverybeachhouse.com, but I don't think the, you know, just looking at the website is going to tell me enough about it. I'm sure you've got uh, a lot more you can say about the Discovery Beach House and the Monkey House, because that's quite intriguing too. Well, thank you. I, we actually built the Discovery Beach House. Uh, it's right on the beach. And um, my husband stayed up in California and was sending the money down to build. I was here. My only real uh, qualification for building our house was that I spoke Spanish. I'd never built a house before. But uh, I'm big on being self-taught, so I read some books. And, you know, I mean, it turned out pretty well. I'm very uh, excited about it. Uh, what I used to do on a global level, uh, talking to audiences about saving endangered primates and their threatened habitats, we now do on a very personal level, like one family at a time, or you could consider it one person at a time. I, you know, we provide a, an authentic nature experience for them. And uh, our house is, you know, it's a three-bedroom luxury home, and we have a great staff. And I just want to um, really kind of expose, 
uh, our guests to some uh, t- give them a taste of that experience that I had because monkeys, you know, are, were part of the monkey corridor, part of their natural foraging route. So we have three kinds of monkeys that come by, sometimes all of them in one day. And it's much different, you know, seeing uh, uh, animals in the wild, wildlife, as opposed to uh, seeing, you know, them at the zoo. They're they're not going to be acting very normally in a, a zoo. Seeing them in the wild is, is quite a fascinating experience. Yeah, absolutely. Can I just come to your marketing strategy, how you are marketing the properties to actually get these people to to come to them? And it's varied. I, I can see how varied it is. You've got different platforms that that you are promoting the properties on. So let, let's start with the website, discoverybeachhouse.com. Is that, do you, would you say that's your primary form of marketing? And, uh, and what sort of, and where, where do you list it? Yes, that is, it is my primary form of marketing. And um, since the conference, I, I mean, I had it on HomeAway and VRBO before, but now I uh, chose to go with the HomeAway Global Bundle, which turns out to be cheaper. Okay. <laughs> you know, in, the, in the end, I saved money already doing it that way. Um, I also use FlipKey. Uh, that does very well for me. Uh, and then, of course, the different social media sites. But I have to say that I've been paring back on where I list my house. You know, people are always wanting to list it. Sometimes you get, you know, people who don't even ask you. And uh, so, you know, I have a, I actually have, well, my vi- my virtual assistant, I, I joke with him about it. I call him Agent 008. I have him do like an internet sweep all the time to check and make sure that we're, we aren't somewhere that we don't, that we don't want to be. Um, and the reason I say that is because I just, uh, you know, if I never get a rental from somewhere, why keep listing it there? So we're always vigilant about what's working and what isn't. And I outsource that to my uh, virtual assistant. So he just tells me, you know, what's working. Okay, let's let's just pick up on that one about the virtual assistant, because I think probably many of our vacation rental owner listeners would not be considering using a VA. I've I've used them uh, frequently over the over the past few years. Um, so so where did you get your virtual assistant or VA from and um, what do you have him do? Well, I have more than one. I actually have a local one uh, and he does all of my, you know, website HTML. I'm a totally right brain person. I can create content, you know, to the moon and back, but you know, as far as me setting it up on anything, forget it. (laughs) So I outsource all the techie stuff. Uh, Uh, Ditto. (laughs) I'm I'm totally with you on that one. Somebody says to me, go into the back end of WordPress and it's just like, "Uh, no. (laughs) Uh, No. I mean, it would just, it's not that I haven't tried. You know, I, I have tried, but it seems to take me 10 times longer than a normal human being to get any of it. And it's just not a, a valuable use of my time. Whereas I can pay somebody else to do it much more quickly. They're knowledgeable, professional. It, it all, it just speeds up everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've used other, um, you know, other VAs uh, through Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. 
uh, like my the cover of my book. I just spent five dollars to get the cover of my book designed. Yes, I've used I've used Fiverr myself uh, before to to uh -huh. um, just just for for banner ads and for little bits of graphic design. I use Fiverr for my. In, in fact, it was I believe I used Fiverr for the Vacation Rental Success logo, which is absolutely fantastic, and I love it. And cost oh. me five bucks. <laughs> Uh huh. There's a great resource, and I also use elance.com. And um, you know, sometimes, like uh, for the writing of my book, I I interviewed all the winners on my iPad. And this year, I shortened the whole process by outsourcing parts of it. And one of them was to have a transcriber, you know, for five bucks for every ten minutes, you know, of an interview. Uh, they transcribed everything for me, so uh, I had them send it to me on a Word document. And then on that Word document, all I do is uh, delete whatever I don't want to use in the chapter and write the you know write the chapters from what was left. So that was an enormous time saver. I just did it directly from the videos last year. That took forever. <laughs> I I think for 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 listeners, um, I think I might need to define a virtual assistant or VA because we, we, we're banding around the expression and they may never have heard of this at all. And, and basically <laughs> it's, it's just employing somebody part time on an, usually on an hourly basis, somebody that is, is specifically skilled at, uh, at, at different areas. So I have used a, a virtual assistant in the past to, to just um, update my WordPress uh, blogs and they go in and look after those or I've had a little coding to be done I wanted to do an excel spreadsheet and and have that looking good not just looking like a spreadsheet and I uh, outsource that to somebody virtual assistants can be found just about anywhere um all out from all over the world I have used elance I've used fiverr I also use odesk uh, dot com right and and I've used I think it's guru.com for the more really techy stuff um, if I wanted uh -huh. um, some some database coding of something like that but uh, it, it's immensely useful and I think for those people out there who are who are bulking at the idea of doing a blog or doing video because they don't know how to produce it after they've done the filming, then it's really worth considering the whole um, the whole concept of of outsourcing. Um, that's going to be another topic of a blog post, I think. But it's obviously working for you, Evelyn. Exactly. For example, at, when we met at the HomeAway conference, I you know I was in the middle of writing my book, and so for me to take that time out to go away was a little bit, you know, not quite the good time quite good timing, but it, it was something I wanted to do was attend the conference. But, you know, I did a, at the social media uh, networking workshop, I had, um, I had a, a PowerPoint presentation. I don't know how to do PowerPoint. I mean, I knew I wrote out all the content, but I just sent it to somebody in India through Elance and they created, you know, a nice, simple PowerPoint presentation for me. Yeah. And it was very effective. You know, I sat through uh, I sat through all of your your seminar and or your your talk on uh, on social media, and it was as you say, simple, effective, and you didn't have to do it yourself. Exactly, and and I, you know, the um, the operative word there is you know simple. Of course, you know we can feel overwhelmed. We have, I mean, I know I just have ideas 
you know, all the time and I just can't do them all, but you can outsource some of these things to other people and, and it takes you out of overwhelm. Yes, I'm, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I discuss a lot with people when I'm saying, well, why don't you set up a blog or have your own website for your property? And the response usually is, well, I don't know how to do it. But there is somebody out there who does. Right. And I think most of us are, are right-brained. We do have lots of ideas. You know, as vacation owners, we have um, lots of ideas on, on how to make the property look wonderful and, and perhaps how to even market it, but we just don't know how to go out and do the technical aspects of it. Right. And then living here in the rainforest with, you know, minimal physical resources, I have to get very uh, creative. And I've been able to do that online, just finding people to do anything I need doing. So, so where where do your um, VAs uh, VAs come from? You said you had somebody from India, and you've got somebody local. So it's it's really f- wherever in the world you can find someone that actually meets your criteria. Exactly, I've used people in the in the Philippines through online and let's see, I think it's onlineph.com, something like that. Sorry if I don't quite have that right. We can can yeah. add that in later. I'll I'll be putting all yeah. these links into the show notes anyway, so we can uh, we, we'll add that that one in later as well. Right. So you know, while I was working at the conference, I you know I had somebody working for me in India, somebody working for me in Costa Rica, and somebody doing something else for me in the Philippines. Oh, and somebody in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, really? I had somebody proofreading, you know, the the chapters to my book in in New Zealand. Oh, that that's yeah, truly a global network. It is, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. I think a lot of times people think they have to hire someone physical, you know, that lives nearby them, and they get stuck there. But that really isn't necessary. Really, uh, the world is um, is waiting. They're just wanting to help, and so very, very. Uh, reasonably. Yes. You know, there are people in other countries who are happy to do work, you know, at, at such an incredibly reasonable price that that really it, it is affordable. It can be affordable. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's that's definitely something I'm going to come back to uh, to on the blog. So we'll perhaps we'll we'll talk again on that that topic at a later date. I just wanted to go back to uh, Flipkey because it's I, I made a note when I was looking through your um, um, some of your um, listings this morning that um, you respond to every one of your reviews, or it certainly yes. appears that you do. So how important do you feel it is to do that? Because I, I was very taken with that, that you picked up on something that everybody had said and then responded back to them. Right. Well, I think it's important to, you know, to engage the audience and other people, people who are looking for a home and, and read those reviews and that I'm responding. That's really like the beginning of building a relationship. It's like planting a, a little tiny seed. Oh, this is a real human being in Costa Rica. You know, people can be uh, very wary of renting a home anywhere, more so in a foreign country. You know, they might think the, the photos are you know, heavily photoshopped and they get to some place and, and, uh, you know, pass, I'm, you know, I mean, I've heard of people having these experiences where the home was nothing like the photographs and they were very disappointed. I think the human, uh, personal factor, uh, is extremely important. Oh, yes, indeed. You, you see a lot of properties. I've been looking for something in Florida just recently to, um, to, to take family down there to, to Disney. And you read all these reviews and th- there's nothing back. 
and, and there may be 25 star reviews, but you don't get that uh, that engagement if the owner is not responding and just offering a little something to, I, I guess, to make the refu- reviewer feel that their contribution has been valued. Well, I think people are really craving, you know, everybody's in front of their computer, their iPad or their iPhone. And I think that they're really craving that human connection. On Facebook or anywhere I am, I try to provide that. Well, you do it. You do certainly do a great job. I mean, that, that the, the flip key, I sort of sat there and read through every single one of the reviews. And for, for my for listeners out there, please go on to, um, to flip key and look at the Discovery um, Beach House listing. And check through the what what people have been saying about the Discovery Beach House because I learned a lot myself as I, as you know I'm an I'm an owner of two properties myself. I learned a lot about delivering service uh, just from reading what people had been talking about what uh, what you're providing, Evelyn. So I I just like to encourage all all my listeners here to to go on to that and have a have a look at that listing, look at those reviews. And uh, and see what people are saying because it's some. I always find it very interesting to to read through reviews of other people's properties because you can often pick up some really really good ideas uh, mm-hmm. from them. And I will I will put a, a link to your flip key listing uh, in the show notes as well. But uh, thank you for all those tips that you've given me. You're welcome. And and one other note about flip key that m- people may not be aware of. Uh, you know, they are TripAdvisor's vacation rental home arm. They are one and the same. But if you want to get TripAdvisor reviews, you have people, uh, we learned this the hard way, you have people um, post, your guests post their reviews on FlipKey and they get reviewed, you know, within a couple of days or so and posted and then automatically posted to TripAdvisor. We used to ask our guests to, to um, post a TripAdvisor. Well, if they do that directly, TripAdvisor bumps it back to FlipKey and it's a much longer process. So that's the shortcut to getting a TripAdvisor review is have your guests post it on FlipKey. That's a really useful one. And I've seen FlipKey um, flip, flip reviews come up on TripAdvisor fairly, fairly quickly. I, I've heard all sorts of things about FlipKey and TripAdvisor and owners saying, you know, that they don't like it because reviews are coming up, which are perhaps negative. They don't like to see negative reviews. But my view is that even, an, you know, a negative review is something to learn from. And yeah. and a good response to a negative review can often go much further than just having a bunch of five-star reviews. Right. Especially, you know, when you address whatever the concern is and state you're going to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had actually had one for, for my property a, a couple of weeks ago. And it was it was a big um, step back for me because I, I've got 52 five, five star reviews now. And then I just got one that was three. And, oh. and it was people who went to to the cottage um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we, we've had the most appalling winter wet spring, flooding, absolutely everything. It's just rained day after day after day and the grass has grown. And so the people arrived and the place was looking a little bit unkempt because there was just absolutely no way to go in and cut the grass. 
and the fire pit was um, full of soggy ashes. And, and it was so simple. What we could have done was get in touch with them before they went and said, this is the situation. We have a situation here we have no control over. We haven't been able to get in and do this stuff because of the weather. So, you know, had we prior warned them, we wouldn't have got the uh, the negative review. So it was something I learned from and, and I was able to go into the into the review and send my apologies and and tell them what the situation was without being defensive. But mm -hmm. I, I and but I think, you know, a response like that is far better than going back in an aggressive way, which I do see it on occasion. Mm. And uh, and it seemed to work. They've just rebooked. <laughs> Well, good, good, good. Um, yes, I mean, if I if I read something, you know, kind of an offensive, I think I don't want to read from that person. Yes, and I, I you, you do. I, I don't know if you ever look through other people's um, reviews, and I, I see some, and I think, oh, I wouldn't put my anger into a response to a Flipkey review. I might step back and uh, write something, then crush it up into a ball and throw it away and then come back to it with a nice reasoned response. <laughs> so um, get it out of your system first. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk about your use of social media. Now, I can tell that there's so much for you and me to talk about and I want to talk about Facebook, I want to talk about YouTube. And, and I'm very aware of, of time moving on. So I'd like to uh, move on to your use of YouTube. And hopefully, if Evelyn, if you don't mind, come back and do another interview and talk about Facebook. Would that work? Sure, I'll be happy to. Excellent. Because your YouTube channel is wonderful. And you can I can tell that you love doing videos. Just Just a couple I looked at this morning. The one that you've got called Three Hidden Truths About Costa Rica, 32,674 views. Well, actually, 6,775 views now after wow. I viewed it this morning. Just Even amazing. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I looked at that one and it was such a simple, simple message you were putting across in, in such an easy, easy manner. These are the three fears that people have, perhaps, about going to Costa Rica. Um, it was about drinking, you know, people fearing drinking the water, about security. Um, oh, now, what was the third one? Good question. I have like <laughs> 120 YouTube videos. I out. just, I just, um, I think it was about oh, oh, washing, maybe, washing fruit. Yeah, it was probably because... Because of the kind of travel I've done as a, as a wildlife uh, photographer going to rainforests all over the world, you know, I had three hard and fast rules. Never drink the water, never eat unpeeled fruit or eat salads, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, unpeeled fruit or raw vegetables. It's just, you know, otherwise where I've been, you, you're, you're in big trouble. You'll be in Parasite City in no time. And so people just kind of may think that's sort of a blanket thing wherever they go. If there's a rainforest there, there are all these fears. And, and uh, part of, you know, those three hidden secrets are part of the reason we moved here. All those things here without worrying. But it, it, it was just such a simple message. And obviously, it's it's being seen. It's being seen over and over and over again. I mean, that's uh, 32,000. I don't know if that's classed as viral, but uh, uh, <laughs> not far off. Um, the other one was the um, the one that was uh, you posted from one of your guests at the Monkey House, the one of the sloth giving birth. 
Oh yes. What see that's now that's sharing nature at its best. Oh, that was that was just amazing. And I'm I'm about to share that with, with everybody. So so that one's going on uh, going on the, the show notes as well. And there's over forty eight thousand views of that one. Um, yes. <laughs> um the one I, I I really, really loved and I haven't got a title to it here, but you you called it a, it was a light-hearted view, a humorous view of of the Discovery Beach House, and that uh-huh. one's got nearly four thousand views. Now that one, that is, and I once again encourage my listeners to go in and look at that video because that is the way to um, showcase your vacation home, not not the videos we often see, which is somebody just walking through a place with um, with, a, with a handheld video camera saying, oh, look, here's the closet and here's the toilet. The way you did it was, you know, you said it was lighthearted, but it, it, it just really gave the, the essence of who you are as a host and the essence of the um, the location and the property. What I know what people are going to say, though, is, wow, there's a lot of post-production work in there because, they're, you know, you're, you're talking and then it's cutting. It's cutting to, uh, to different views. I think anybody who is new to video is going to be going, oh, I couldn't do that. Can uh-huh. you uh, just tell me how you started with the whole idea of doing video and, uh, and a little bit of... Um, you know, given your technical wariness, shall we say, uh, how you <laughs> how how you manage the uh, the production work after doing the filming? Well, you know, I dragged myself into videos, screaming and kicking. I did not want to do it. Um, however, you know, I always say it's better to lead the herd than than um, dodge road apples later. So I saw you know, a couple years ago, a few years ago, I saw I saw videos as being really a, a, a really captivating way to market, and uh, I just go for the low hanging fruit, meaning I do everything in the simplest possible way it can be done. Um, you know, I took a class with Lou Bortone, a, couple, a few classes, and learned from him the very basics of doing video. Like, you, you know, everybody says, oh, first question is, I don't have a good camera. What camera should I use? It's not about the camera. You can use your iPhone. You can use your iPad. You can use your computer. I started out putting my computer on a ladder and standing in front of it and talking. You know, putting Post-it notes on the screen that wouldn't cover the the camera and uh, keep it short keep the message simple just like you said with the three hidden truths I mean I have another video that's um, that gets a lot of views and it's a lot of and articles in I wrote articles about it as well and it's in, um, it started out as seven insightful tips to tipping the staff at a vacation rental home well seven tips was too much so I divided it up to you know, I ended up with three and three tips. And uh, you just want to get one simple, simple message across in a short video. I would say two minutes is ideal. Three minutes, you're getting towards the outer skirts of it being too long because of the intention span that people have. But listen, if I could do it, anybody could do it. The ones I've seen are put together very well. So what happens in you say that anybody can do it, 
But what are you using to in the post-production or are you when I'm when I say post-production, it means once you've got your you've you've finished talking into the into the camera and uh, what happens next? I mean, do you outsource that? Um, I haven't been outsourcing it, but I think I will be soon. (laughs) Um, First of all, I have my VA shoot the the videos now. You know, just put the camera on a tripod, turn it on and off. You know, it's pretty simple. Uh, I use iMovie because I use a Mac, and iMovie is a very simple program. I've, you know, toyed with using Final Cut and all these other, uh, you know, programs, editing programs, and to me, they're just much too complicated. It's just use the very simplest thing you can that you feel comfortable with. You don't have to, you know, get something really big and fancy and expensive, and iMovie comes with my Mac. So I just, I use iMovie. Um, I will uh, go to, let's see, audiojungle.com is where I get most of my music, which is royalty-free music. You pay a little bit for it, but you know, you don't get into copyright uh, infringements if you try to use popular music. And um, I use something called 123RF, or you can use iPhoto, let's see, iStock Photo, and, uh, you know, to, to cut in photos into your videos. And it's just, I just find it to be a very simple program. I'm sure there's something uh kind of equivalent on PC but since I don't have a PC I can't speak to that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably um Windows Movie Maker. I I'm not sure. I use a Mac as well, but uh but I'll I'll have a dig around and see what uh, what might be uh, be out there for I know there's plenty out there for PC. Well, uh, I did learn, you know, from Lou Bortone. And oh. I and, and let me mention this. Um that you can actually be very creative about uh, resources. I uh, originally, I didn't make, you know, there were like three, the first three videos I ever had on my website before I learned how to make them myself, um, Lou made them for me. And he did some other things for me as well. And he and I did a trade. I, he came down to stay at my house, a Discovery Beach house, uh, for a week in the low season when I wouldn't rent it anyway. And in turn, uh, he, you know, taught me how to make videos. Uh, fantastic barter. I I, I love yes. the idea of, of bartering like that because I mean, we, we, all, we all have this, uh, our wonderful products that we, can, with, that we have to barter with. And uh, so, so I, that, that, that's great to hear that you've, uh, you've used it in that way. And of course, you don't offer during your high season, you know, but, uh, uh, but you know, if you aren't going to rent your house at a particular time anyway, why not make it work for you anyway? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, so if, if somebody wanted to, let's say, get up a, a, their, their, their very first video on their on their website or, or to um, to link to off their Facebook page or even off their listing, what would you recommend that they do? What, what do you recommend the content should be of that very first video? Well, for the website, I would say a, um, you know, welcome to my website video, something that could be as short as a minute or two so that people get to see you and know you and then if they like you and they trust you, then they'll rent from you. So I think that I think that's very important. You know, marketing has just changed. 
incredibly. Uh, it is so different now. You know, people aren't going to TV and watching the commercials as far as, you know, they want social proof. They want, uh, they want something, they want to hear it from their friends or their colleagues or somebody they trust. Uh, to confirm that, you know, what they're about to buy is, uh, is good. And so uh, making that human connection is just super important. And if you just kind of, if you're, if you're not comfortable in front of the camera, you know, there are some you know, really simple techniques, like from uh, James Wedmore. Uh, he's an amazing person with video. I've learned so much from him. Uh, and he has hundreds and hundreds of videos out there on out on how to do different aspects of it. And I just tried this brand new uh, technique called the jump shot. And I had my cameraman. I had I had written out my script, what I wanted to say. And all he did was, so I didn't have to memorize it and do a bunch of takes. He would give feed me one line. You know, hi, I'm Evelyn Gallardo. Welcome to our website for the Discovery Beach House in Manuel Antonio, Costa Rica. So I would say, he would say it to me. I would say it as naturally as if I were talking to a friend looking into the camera. And then as soon as I was finished with that line, uh, you know, he'd turn off the camera. Then he'd feed me the next line. And I'm saying it as naturally as I can. That's called a jump shot. It's simple and quick videotape because the way I used to do it before, if I made a mistake, I had to start all over again, you know, or, or edit between a couple of different, you know, you know, if we shot uh, two, if we shot three or four minutes at a time, it's more difficult. But when you're shooting these little sound bites, it gives you very tight editing and uh, it's just simple and quick. But I, I think it's that, you know, marketing is now becoming personal. And, and being, you know, what I mean is that uh, whoever wants to buy from you really wants to know who you are. Yes, I think you've covered off a couple of things here. You've, you've used the word trust a couple of times, um, social proof, um, and talked about being personal. And I think, you, you know, you've said it all. It's, this is so important. And marketing has changed phenomenally from the days when we used to just put a little classified ad in the local newspaper and uh, and somebody would appear at the door with the money. The, the media is out there talking about scams and fraud. And we have to, as owners, we have to be out there just showing our potential guests that we are real people and that we really want them to come and stay at our places. You don't see the scam artists doing video, uh, no. at least not yet. <laughs> No, you don't. That's a good point. <laughs> um, I love the fact that um, that you've mentioned some of these go-to people for internet marketing. You've you've talked about Lou Bortone, James Wedmore. I mean, personally, um, I follow Pat Flynn, Cliff Ravenscraft um, for podcasting, and this is something I'm I'm going to be doing um, as uh, another um, episode on is about just about podcasting because I think. This is uh, this is another medium that that owners could easily get into, particularly those who have this uh, the knowledge of their local area. Um, you know, you could start up a, anybody could start up a podcast about um, you know to, to help rental guests find their way around um, the local area. Melanie Duncan for Pinterest, um, Amy Porterfield for um, Facebook. All these people are just so easily accessible and they are delivering the most phenomenal content for free. 
And I'm going to put links to all these people because I think as this industry moves on, um, that all of us who are in this industry have to look at becoming internet marketers. We've gone beyond just putting up a listing and hoping for the best. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And uh, this particular group of people that we're talking about, you know, they are really amazing. I just absolutely love how Melanie Duncan not only, you know, talks to you about how to create a pin or give you a resource on, say, how to make a, a tall pin or whatever the resource is. But when you're watching, uh, when you're on her webinar, you know, she has a screenshot of whatever it is, you know, Pixlr or, you know, whatever tool it is. And she walks you through the steps of exactly how to do it. Gone are the days when someone will come on and say, all about, you know, the what you should do and none of the how you should do it. And, you know, all it was was a commercial for you to buy, you know, what they have. So they don't want to give away all the secrets. Well, now people are giving away a phenomenal amount of secrets is how to do things. And, uh, and you know, it's, it, I've learned a lot from that as well. Because, if, you know, if you give something so wonderful for free, then people think, oh, my gosh, you know, she gave that for free. I've got to sign up for her course and learn a whole lot more. And so these, you know, these are the people that I personally have taken classes from. And that's how I've learned uh, to do whatever I do. Yes, ab absolutely. And, and I go along with that. I remember a couple of years ago and I and I probably like you invested a lot into into online courses because that was the only way to get the the information and uh, and now I mean, the, the, that expression content is king is is truly number one um, in my book now because the, these people are delivering amazing content and yeah it's just, just like Cliff Ravenscraft who who I I did his um, his A to Z podcasting course uh, back in January. Um, and, and I, prior to that, I'd been through a couple of days of his free courses, but because they were so good, I thought I had to invest in the, uh, in the big one. And in fact, yes, that proved to be, uh, one of the most valuable courses I've ever done. I mean, the fact that I've got a ton of, of equipment now sitting on this desk and, and I'm <laughs> using a, a microphone that, um, um, I would never have dreamed of, um, you know, I, I, I think previously if I'd thought of podcasting, I'd be using the little microphone on my, uh, <coughs> on my Mac, but, um, mm -hmm. but yes, it, I, I'm going to include all the links to all these people. Actually, this blog post is probably going to be the one of the longest I've ever done with, <laughs> with all the links that are going to be included. Do you know, um, Evelyn, we are approaching the end of the, the, the time for this episode. So we haven't covered Facebook, we haven't covered Pinterest, and we haven't covered the other thing I really wanted to talk about, which was analytics. So I'm going to be t calling this episode part one of okay. um of the the Evelyn experience and uh, and we shall come together hopefully very shortly and uh, and get part two done if that's okay with you that's okay with me because I just finished writing my book so I've got some free time my life is my own again okay perfect because uh, yeah just wanted to touch on um, on the book just before we we finish this part 
um, The Best of Manuel Antonio and Capos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2013. 2013. And that follows, was, was 2012 the first one you did? It was. It was. It was just a humble idea. I wanted to see if it would fly. Uh, not only would did I want to know if people would buy it, but I wanted to see how our community would would accept it. And they've embraced it. And it's now it's a community project. Everyone's helped me. Okay. Tell me a bit about the book then. What, uh, what, what is it? What's, uh, and what's the audience, the target audience? Well, the target audience is really tourist, tourists who are thinking about coming to Manuel Antonio, Costa Rica. And, uh, you know, really the, the book is kind of, it's like a, a love affair with where we live. Everybody who lives here just loves living here. And I got the idea when I lived uh, in, um, in Hermosa Beach, California, the local uh, paper used to do the best of the South Bay, all the beach areas, best restaurant, best this and that. They came up with the categories. So I just took it a step further and wrote a book about it. I sent out questionnaires to all the locals. They filled them out. They told them, you know, they voted on all their favorite, you know, this year we've got, even got favorite dentist, you know, favorite pizza, favorite <laughs> cup of coffee. But the idea is that if someone coming to Costa Rica uses that as a very intimate guide to the area, it'll be a different experience. It'll be as if they have a friend or a family member here who is going to take them to all their favorite places and is going to, you know, introduce them to the owners because they're a local and they know and tell them a little bit about their story. So when they get here, they're already going to have, you know, a sense of uh, knowing the place. I think it's a, a fabulous idea. Um, I came across a book similar to that when we went to Maui a few years ago. And, and that was our sort of Bible for the time we were there. And it gave us information on where you could, you know, where you could find the best roadside stand selling banana bread. Um, where you could get coconut ice cream on the on the roadside, you know the the, the homemade stuff that had been made that day. There's so, there's so many of the, the the big guidebooks out there, but they really you know they're they're great for the cruise crowd. But I I I think so many areas really really need this type of um, live like a local guide because that that's what guests do that's why they come, that's why they choose a vacation rental because they want to get immersed in most of them anyway want to get immersed into the local community and the culture and they want to live like a local exactly it's a completely different experience as you come through don't know anybody and just kind of scratch the surface it's uh you know and, and each of the winners in my book gets their own chapter so it was fun writing it because i knew some of the winners but i didn't know their stories intimately and this speaks back to the point of where people are really looking to you know the, looking to the personality behind the business they want to know they want to know who you are who they are uh, you know, it's it's intimate details they would never know otherwise. And the other thing is, is that um, people actually like to they they love authors. They like to know an author. Um, it's an it's an odd thing. Uh, I know it myself. I know a few authors, and it's just like, wow, I know that person. And <laughs> and to actually say, well, I've stayed at you know, this is the person that wrote this book, and I'm staying in her house. Mm -hmm. I think that that goes a long way uh, as well. 
So, um, so where can people get um, get your book? I'm I want to pick it up as soon as as soon as I can because it's given me an idea on on perhaps something that I can do um, for my own community. I mean, we're up in Ontario, Canada, nowhere near as exotic as as, as you, but uh, but you know, it we we have a lot of local stuff that people don't know about. So, so I'm I want to pick up your book just to see how you've uh, how you've gone about it. So, uh, where can I get it? It's uh, available on Amazon.com. Now, the print, the ebook, like I, I just finished the book, so the ebook will be up within a week, uh, and uh, and the print book will probably be available within two weeks. And and just you know, one point is that other vacation rental homeowners, I don't want them to look at my book and feel overwhelmed that they have to do the exact same thing. They can do theirs in the form of a report. Or they can do the same thing, but uh, outsource everything, even the writing. I mean, I'm a writer, so I don't need, I don't do that. But, uh, but they can, if they aren't a writer, they can actually outsource that part as well. Yes, exactly, and and you're absolutely right. A a, a print book or or even a you know a hefty ebook is may not be is is not necessary a simple um you know couple of pages that says where the best restaurants are and where the best beaches are um but you know and and, and for me some something that um that is most important to me i want my guests to know where all the um where they can buy food locally and to support our local um our local farmers and our local um food providers so you know it, it can be incredibly simple it doesn't need to be um you know fully glossy and and um, and print material so um so yeah thank you for mentioning that but that that's great do you know i'm going to bring this one to a close we're um we're approaching um our hour uh, I want to thank you so much, Evelyn, for part one of this discussion. And uh, we'll be bringing part two uh, in the very uh, near future, where we're going to be touching on um, Facebook and also analytics. I want to know in, that, in this second part how you analyze what's most effective for you. We'll also be talking about uh, about Pinterest because I've checked out your Pinterest page. And that's really interesting because you've got your videos on there. So for now, I want to uh, to just uh, you know, thank you for the time that you've given us today for your insights and for sharing all your vast experience with us. And I'm going to look forward to talking to you again very soon. Well, thank you so, so much for inviting me, Heather. It was, on- it was an honor. Okay, well, we will be talking again soon. So uh, for now, Evelyn, thank you and, uh, and goodbye.